Welcome to Making the Brand, the podcast where marketing and pop culture collide. I'm your host, Brianne Fleming. I can't wait to chat about brands, boy bands, and everything in between. Because brands who have a pulse on pop culture can create adoring fans of their own. Hi, everyone. I am so happy to bring you this special edition Christmas-themed episode of the Making the Brand podcast. I'm currently recording this on Christmas Eve. So just when you thought you were in full-on Christmas vacation mode, I'm reminding you that marketing lessons are always around us. And it turns out there's even a takeaway from the Christmas cards that are probably adorning your refrigerator. But before we get into that, I just want to ask, when is the appropriate time in your relationship to send a a family Christmas card? I always think back to that Friends episode with Ross and Mona, and she wants to move forward and send a Christmas card, and Ross is just not ready for it, and he kind of gets himself in a bit of a sticky situation there, as always. Quick little sidebar, just a few more days until Friends is leaving Netflix. Ugh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to figure that out. I do have the box set, so there is <laughs> there is hope, but I don't have a DVD player. I'm sure I'll catch the reruns, but it's just not the same. Anyway, so speaking of Christmas cards, my husband and I... We love each other very deeply, but we have a bit of an understanding that we're not going to send out Christmas cards with our photos on them until we eventually have children. So I guess we'll figure that out then. But for current parents out there that might be listening, there is a Christmas card trend that is making headlines. In fact, I first heard about it on the Today Show a few days ago. So apparently this year... Parents have just surrendered to their children. They've realized that capturing the perfect Christmas card photo can be damn near impossible. So they've given up on these prim and proper poses that you see typically in Christmas cards where the whole family's in festive sweaters or flannel and matching pajamas. They've thrown that all out the window. Instead, parents are sending cards with pictures of their kids sitting on Santa's lap, but they're kicking and screaming. And they've just, like I said, they've surrendered. They've given up. It's like, okay, I guess this is this is how it's going to work. And not going to lie, I have a picture of myself kicking and screaming on Santa's lap. I didn't cooperate either as a kid. But there's something to be said about these Christmas cards and why they're turning into such a huge trend. Now, at the moment, I have several family Christmas cards on my refrigerator. Thank you if you are one of those people who've sent me one. I appreciate it. But they're all pretty picture perfect. But if I received a Christmas card with a picture of my friend's kids throwing a temper tantrum on Santa's lap and stuck that next to all these other cards on my fridge, it would certainly stand out. And this reminds me of the prolific marketing author, one of my favorites, Seth Godin. I call him the Beyonce of marketing. And he would say that a picture like this is considered a purple cow. Now, if you haven't read his book, Purple Cow, it is an absolute staple for anyone in marketing. And in this book, Seth suggests that if brands want to cut through the competition and combat what he calls advertising avoidance, 
where people just start to ignore your marketing over time, you have to introduce something new, unique, and remarkable. And the example he refers to throughout the book is a purple cow. Imagine that you know, you're driving past a cow pasture and you see cows out the window and at first it's like, oh, look at all these cows, pretty cool. And then five minutes later, the cows are no longer interesting at all. You've seen them. But if suddenly one of those cows were purple, okay, now you've gotten my attention. Now let's have a conversation. Now this is interesting. So this same idea can be applied to these Christmas cards. There's nothing new, unique, or remarkable about your typical Christmas card. We basically see the same scenes and poses and outfits from year to year. But a card with pictures of unruly kids on Santa's lap is not only authentic and relatable for parents, I would imagine, but it's refreshingly original. It's funny, and it's a conversation starter. And Seth Godin even breaks down the word remarkable in his book in its simplest terms. It means worth remarking about. So if it's remarkable, it's going to get people talking. I wish I was a fly on the wall the moment that first set of parents just said, screw it, (laughs) we're sending the card as is. Can you imagine that conversation? You know, at first, the idea probably seemed a little crazy, like, oh my gosh, we can't can't send a card like this. What's a Christmas card with screaming, <laughs> children screaming instead of smiling? That's, that's not what Christmas is about. But ultimately, it was so real and authentic that it won hearts and inspired a trend and even made national news. But this trend took off for one reason, and that's because those parents decided to take a risk. They were vulnerable enough to show their imperfect reality of their screaming children. So they broke the tradition of Christmas cards as we know them and ended up creating something remarkable. It became a purple cow. The good news is, for your brand to be remarkable, you don't need to have the biggest marketing budget or even the best products. You just have to be brave enough to take risks. And we see brands do this all the time. A notable example would be the Twitter account for Wendy's, which we know is super savage. So rather than portraying their brand voice as being, you know, polished and professional, as most companies do, Wendy's broke the mold and chose to be super sassy. And as a result of their audacity, their tweets are remarkable. If you follow them on Twitter, they are just, they're kind of bullies as far as the fast food wars go. They are always taking jabs at McDonald's or Popeye's. I don't know if they've come for Chick-fil-A yet. I think Chick-fil-A is too nice. But they have this sort of edgy, uh, bullying type of brand voice. And it just works for them. And people are talking about them. And they're always on these yearly roundups of great Twitter accounts. Another example of a purple cow could be the outdoor gear company, REI. You might recall that in 2015, they decided to close their doors at all of their locations for the biggest shopping day of the year, which is, of course, Black Friday. Now, you can imagine that 
seems like a huge risk, a huge missed opportunity, but they wanted to stand by their brand purpose and encourage people to spend the day outside and not shopping. So not only did they want their customers to be outside, but this also gave their employees a chance to spend the day outside. And while some have seen this as a foolish idea and a missed opportunity for sales, the risk was worth the reward. Not only did sales completely skyrocket, but REI was all over the news. They received national media attention and their Twitter mentions were off the charts and they just created this sense of brand loyalty and brand love. Their customers wanted to remain loyal to them because they really stood by their values and what they believe in, which is getting people outside. So in this sea of retail competition, everyone's promoting their Black Friday sales and trying to get people through the doors with all their doorbusters and things like that. REI said, wait a minute, we're going to stand out here and we're going to be the ones to close. So how can you put purple cows in your marketing and really find your big idea? Before you spend a single dollar on marketing and placing ads and trying all these different tactics, you need to define your purple cow and get clear on how you're going to stand out. And this starts with market research. To research your market, you need to look at what your competition is doing. Ask yourself, what are the trends in the category? Think about Things like stereotypes, cultural norms, and current perceptions that are happening in your industry. Then, you, of course, need a keen understanding of your audience. I know I sound like a broken record every time I say to know your audience, but that is the most important thing. So think about their values, their behaviors, their frustrations, everything you know about how the market is and the current perceptions of your audience to date. Then take everything you found, take all of these findings and turn it on its head. Or as Seth Godin would say, challenge the status quo. The status quo is defined as the existing state or condition of something. So that's what your research will do. It'll help you determine the status quo, and then your job is to challenge it, according to Seth. So if you think about what we know to be true about Christmas cards, perfect Christmas cards are commonplace. They're everywhere. They're not remarkable. Professionally branded Twitter accounts are pretty customary, so they're not remarkable. And a big box store open on Black Friday is expected, not remarkable. So what you need to do here is take what's expected, take what the status quo is, take what's currently going on and happening in your industry and when amongst your audience and break through it with a big risk. So your risk is doing something that is against what people are currently doing and what they currently believe. And when you take that risk, You'll cut through the competition, you'll promote conversation, and you'll ultimately fascinate your audience in a way that inspires them to buy from you, learn from you, work with you, whatever your end goal is. So I want to end this lastly with a quote from Seth Godin. He says, you're either remarkable or invisible. Make a choice. 
With that, I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Thank you so much for being with me on this journey with this podcast. It's been a few months and I'm just having a blast. So if you have any feedback, you can reach out to me at hello at briannefleming.com or follow me on Instagram at Brienne, the number two and the letter K. I would absolutely love to hear from you. But until next time and maybe even next year, (laughs) have a good one.